and welcome to Jason Waller Unleashed. Real talk, real success. I'm host Jason Waller, former billion dollar business entrepreneur, elite business coach, two-time top five podcast host with the BAM podcast and the True Underdog. You might know me from my TED Talks, best-selling books, or even my brand new reality TV show on Amazon, BAM Fam. Are you hungry for inspiration, wisdom, perhaps a hearty laugh? Get ready for a dynamic, electrifying journey filled with towering business triumphs, intimate family moments, and raw honesty that you won't find anywhere else. Buckle up. This is about to get dope as hell. I'm telling you, I have had all kinds of guests on my previous shows, and we're going to have some bomb guests on this. We're going to be talking about everything from politics to money to business to family to drama to kids to you. You name it, we're going to talk about it. It's going to be real. It's going to be raw. It's going to be in your face. It is Jason Waller Unleashed. Real talk, real success coming now. Bam! Bam! Jason Waller here with Unleashed. That's right, Jason Waller Unleashed. I have got Zog, and I've got Zara, and I've got Thesis here. Thesis is just this... Um, I don't know. It's a fucking buffalo skull or some Indians cut up some shit and made it really cool. And it's got some horns going on. Whatever the fuck it is, it, it doesn't matter. What matters is I'm back on TikTok, baby. That's right. They canceled me out last week. I get to go live on TikTok right now. They canceled me when I said some shit I guess I'm not supposed to say. So I got to be very careful in code. So stay with me a little bit. And I am here producing or not producing. What will we call this? Filming the podcast Unleashed that will come out here in a week or two. So I've got some major bomb ass stories to tell you. I'm going to bring up a story about Detroit. I'm going to bring up a story about an RV. So I'm ready to kick it off. Since the last time I was on here live and doing the podcast, I had Hater Janju on here and we had the heated debate. Make sure you check it out. Palestine versus Israel. Our thoughts, our process, how the media spins it on Al Jazeera television compared to the Western television. And me and Hater Janju, who's a dear friend of mine from Pakistan, had a very heated argument that then my bipolar kicked in and I had to start talking about, you know, aliens and Animals having sex. Like I, I had to talk about all the other crazy stuff in order to uh, differentiate the argument and not continue for it to get heated. So bipolar kicks in during this podcast. If my bipolar kicks in, you'll be able to tell we'll be going on a rant. We'll be talking about something motivating. And then bam, we'll be talking about aliens reproducing through their hands and watching elephants and mammals do a doggy style, right? So that's the kind of stuff here we talk about on Unleashed. It is wide open. It is real. It is raw. And I get to say whatever I want. Except on TikTok, they will ban me. They did it for a week, so here we go. All right, first things first, a real catch-up. I'm going to tell you a story about Detroit. I literally just got back from the Monday night football game uh, yesterday. And let me tell you how this went. So I had this trip planned for like three months. I bought the tickets. It's the Raiders and the Lions in Ford Field. It's Monday night football. I got tickets front row, 45-yard line behind the Lions bench. It doesn't get better than that. I've got my pops going. I've got my son going. And I got a buddy of mine, oh, you know, shouts out to to, um, to Othane out there in Turks and Caicos. And he was flying in for his first time in Detroit. We were all going to meet, go to the game. That was the setup. We were super excited. I kind of have this father-son uh, tradition with my dad. We've gone to lot of games together and now it's been him myself and my son so we're carrying on that tradition i'm real big on tradition so needless to say we go to detroit right zog zara they know we went to detroit we had this conversation this morning and we're getting ready to go to detroit let me rephrase that we got the trip booked 
And we have, uh, we originally were scheduled to leave Sunday at 11 a.m. Stay with me. It's Monday night football, scheduled to leave Sunday at 11 a.m. Thursday, one of the coaches that I coach with decides, hey, I want to have an extra practice Sunday for our playoff and get all the kids together and do that and then eat, eat food at my house after practice, right? Some fried chicken and some potato wedges and fruit and cookies or whatever. So I'm like, fuck, we're supposed to leave to go to Monday Night Football in Detroit. We can't really do it. My son kind of throws a pity party. Dad, please, can we please go? Want to go? Want to go to that? Can we just fly into Detroit Monday morning early? Fine. I'm a sucker. Okay. So then I call my dad. He's like, what? I'm like, we got to leave early. So we see a flight that we can leave Monday at 7.30 a.m. Means you got to get to the airport about 6.30. Means you got to leave my house about 5.45 on Monday to go to the game, which was Monday night at 8.15. So we change it and schedule it that way. Uh, we play our game Saturday. We win. We go Sunday. We He does the practice. He's swimming around. He's fine. He hangs out. Um, he's like, all right, I'm going to go to bed soon. He lays down about 10 o'clock. He all of a sudden, his stomach hurts. He doesn't feel good. He's up at 11 wanting medicine. He's up at midnight wanting medicine. His stomach still hurts. We give him uh, Prilosec or some kind of antacid. He still doesn't feel good. Me and the wife start arguing because she's trying to give him Tums. I'm telling her to give him antacid. She's trying to pop off and be mean about it. We're arguing about it. It's just a shit show. It's like 1230. I'm like, all right, I think he's finally asleep. I'm going to go to sleep. I've already packed. I've packed him. I got to get up at 530, wake him up. We got to leave at 545. He comes into my room at 115. He's crying. My stomach still hurts. Something's wrong. I'm like, holy shit. What's wrong? He's like, dad, my stomach hurts. I'm like, now here I am. <clears throat> here's, here's my deal. I love my son so much. I love all my kids so much. And I'm a hard ass. And I got to learn to have more empathy and sympathy. Let me say it again. I've got to learn to have more empathy and sympathy. I struggle with those things. However, um, I also struggle with the boy who cried wolf. I also struggle with more of the same. So my son, bless his heart, such a great kid, tough kid, loves to box, loves to play football, the things. When he gets hurt, uh, like a three, he makes it like a 10. Right. He's like, oh, my God, like ah, I'm dying. So, of course, naturally, I'm like, dude, you always get the stomach things like I got to go to the yard. ER. Why do you got to go to the yard? ER? I got to go to the yard. ER. I'm like, dude, you don't got to go to the yard. ER. I do got to go to the yard. ER. I'm like, why? He's like, it hurts so bad. I'm like, one through ten. He's like, nine. I'm like, really? And so here I am. Why? like, you just need to take. So she was going to take him to the yard. ER. Because you know, we got to get five more. I'm like, you think you can be back before five? She's like, really? I'm like, well, we, we booked plane tickets. O's there by himself from Turks and Caicos. Never been to Detroit. These are front row seats. We've already moved the flight and spent money on it. Yeah, we got to go. So he needs to go and get his shit figured out. He can sleep on the plane or sleep when we get to the hotel. And then he can go to the game. Let me know. So she leaves, but she takes, I don't know, certain medicine to go to sleep. And after she leaves about five minutes, she calls me and says, I'm too loopy. I can't take him. You got to take him. I'm like, holy shit. So she comes back. I go to take him. I'm driving him, and he's debating should I really go to the ER. I said, "Look, you already said we're going to the ER. We're going to the fucking ER. See what's wrong." So we get into the ER, and, and I tell them, "I'm like, look, you know, his stomach. This he does this a lot. This is what's going on. He usually has some kind of, you know, he has the, um, the, the burps. It's a uh, like a." sulfur burp type feeling and his stomach hurts and you know i'm telling them all the issues and they go okay well and i said look we got a plane to catch at seven we get out at five like well no one's in here this is great so he gets his vitals done i'm thinking things are going to be okay we're going to get out of there his vitals look okay he's in there they check his blood work he's fine he's in excruciating pain it's getting worse i'm like what's going on so then i'm freaking out is it is is fucking you know is he going to have like uh you know is he got to get his um appendix removed like is he appendicitis what's going on 
So time's a ticking, time's a ticking. His pain's not going away. They give him morphine, and I'm, you know he's all loopy. It's still not going away. They want to do a CAT scan. So now I'm like, all right, we're going to have to move the flight. So I'm messaging my dad saying, look, we might fly out at noon. We can't do the 7.30 flight. Telling, oh, we're going to be late. I'm at the ER with Christian. It's now 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. I've been there like four hours. We haven't slept. He's drinking this lemonade shit for a CT scan. I mean, it's a shit show. They give him a second thing of morphine. Gets the CAT scan, CT scan. They say he's okay. He's got some impact there in his bowels and some whatever, whatever. But everything seems to be okay. It's probably a GI viral, you know, infection. I'm like, all right, so what does that mean? Well, nothing. So he's sitting there and he's, they're like, you know, just relax on your medicine. He starts to look at me weird. They walk out and he starts doing this and his eyes start rolling. I'm like, oh shit, here come the dinosaurs. And he starts projectile vomiting. Like straight up Zog Zara, projectile vomiting, like everywhere. Blah. And he ate so much watermelon at this fucking kid's house, dude, for the for the party for football, that it looked like tomatoes everywhere. And it smelt, and I'm like dry heaving. I'm like, dude, what the hell? And he's like, just it's just nonstop coming out. He looked like a damn movie. It looked fake. And I'm calling the nurse and it stinks. And they're like, get out of here, get in the other one. And he's like, right after he's done puking, he's like, Was that a lot? I was like, Hell yeah, did you eat tomatoes? He's like, it's watermelon. I'm like, holy shit, that's a lot of watermelon. And he's like, it stunk so bad, I felt like I was gonna puke. Again, I was like, dude, it stunk horrible. And he's like, oh my God, you think I'm okay? I'm like, well, do you feel better? He's like, I feel way better. So literally the nurse comes in, doctor comes in like, okay, well, he puked. He must feel better. There's no issues. We're going to send you home. I'm like, what? So we were in and out of there after his puking like 15 minutes later, like boom, done. So now it's like 630, but we can't make the flight at 730. So I drive him home and he's like, I don't think I'm going to go. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. I'm like, well, I have to go. O's there. We both like, I don't have a choice. So I said, go take a nap. We'll figure it out. So I lay down, I text O and tell him, look, I'm going to be late. I'll keep you posted. So I wake up about 1030 in the morning. I'm like, shit, I got to book a flight. So I booked the one at 1255. But before I book it, I walk upstairs and I go, dude, I'm going to leave in about 45 minutes. So we've been laying down like two and a half hours. I said, do you want to go? And he's still a little loopy. He's like, no, I don't want to go. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. I said, okay. I, I called my dad. My dad's like, I don't think I'm going to go either. I had a rough night. And if Christian wants to stay, I'll stay. If he decides to change his mind, we'll go. And I'm like, if he changes his mind, there's a five-something flight. I don't know if you guys will make it, but we'll just meet you at the game. He said, okay. So I drive to the airport. I get there at 12. I'm walking around. And then he calls me at like 1210. And he's like, dad, and he's tearing up. He's like, dude, you left without me. What do you mean? Dude, you said you didn't want to go. Dude, it must have been the medicine. I was really tired. Like, I wanted to go. Like, you left without me. I said, well, Papa stayed home, so you guys can figure it out. And, you know, I can book you the 5 o'clock flight. And he's like, no, never mind. He's upset. And I'm like, well, don't be upset. Let's figure this out. And he's like, no. Like, I said, look, you and Papa can fly up. I said, I'll even wait. I'll just pick you guys up at the airport, and we'll all go to the game together. If we miss kickoff, we miss kickoff. Who cares? We're still going to the game. Okay. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. So I book his shit. Him and my dad are going to leave at five something. I'm on the plane. I'm flying there. I land. Okay. I, I get to the airport. I, you know, I get my car. I get to the hotel. I check into the hotel. I'm so tired because I've only slept like an hour and a half and 24 hours. And the day before I only slept like five hours. I'm like, I'm going to take a nap. I go in there, lay down. I can't take a nap. So I call O. O's like, let me come to you. We'll go to the bar, whatever. I'm like, all right. So O comes to, meets me. And then I call my son. It's like 3.30. It's like, I don't know if I'm going to go. And I'm like, my dad's on his way. You got to go. And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, dude, we booked a ticket. He's like, I said, well, figure out. If you don't want to go, you don't want to go. Well, they end up driving to the airport and they end up getting in line. Well, his TSA doesn't work. And his TSA doesn't work. So they're in the back of this line and it's taking forever to go through. And he's calling me like, I don't know if we're going to make it. And I said, well, listen, I'm going to wait for you guys to land and then we'll go to the game. So then I know that they're not going to land till 7.15. Geek off is at 8.15. <clears throat> I've already checked into the hotel, got their room, and I'm meeting with O. So I tell O, let's go to Birmingham. So we ride to Birmingham to go 
eat at Hunter House. So shout out to Hunter House Hamburgers, right? Best spot, like best burger place ever. We go, I take him there to eat. He gets the fastest grilled cheese he's ever had in his life, he said. He was like, just fastest grilled cheese. I said, dude, this place is dope. Then we go over to Oberweiss to get milkshakes. Yes, I love Oberweiss milkshakes. Shout out to them. Best milkshakes on the planet. So we're eating a milkshake. We're chilling. It's about 6.15. I'm like, let's head down there to go pick them up. We drive down there. We wait. They end up landing late. They end up waiting in the taxi. They end up not even getting in the car till about 7.40. Kickoff is at 8.15. We're Detroit Metro Airport. But they made it. Here my son lands literally 12 hours after vomiting in the ER, flies his ass to go to Monday Night Football, straight gangster. We drive down there, can't find parking. Finally, we find some parking. We're running our asses out there. We don't have jackets on. It's fucking 35 degrees. We're freezing. We're running into the game. We get there, and as we get in, guess what happens? Boom, kickoff happens. We get to see the entire game. We're there for the game. It's a great game. We're front row. He's getting tired fourth quarter. We're trying to hang it, you know, fight through this. Um, he's so hungry, he hasn't eaten all day. He asked me to go get him cotton candy. You can't make this shit up. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll go get you cotton candy. Like, I'm super dad. So I walk my ass. We're front row. Remember that? So I walk my ass all the way up 50 stairs. And I go to the right, thinking, all right, I'll find cotton candy. I have to walk around the entire stadium. I'm talking a 25-minute walk. I'm talking 40 sections till I find cotton candy, which was only two sections to the left. Had my ass went left, I'd have been there earlier. It took me to walk the entire place, found him cotton candy, got him double cotton candy, got him a chicken sandwich, <clears throat> fries, and a drink. He killed all of it. He doesn't even eat like that. Killed all of it. It was amazing. We watch the game, Lions win, we're super excited, we got to drive O all the way to his hotel, get him to his hotel, it's like 12.15, get to our hotel, 12.30, 1 o'clock, we go to bed, we get up, we come home, and we do trick-or-treating and party at Hannah's house with Lily and Grayson. Fantastic. I tell you this story because that was one story of us going to Detroit, which leads into, let me tell you another story where we went to Detroit. So it was about 10 years ago. How old is he? He's 13. It was 11 years ago, he was two. And we decided to rent an RV. I told this story on the first True Underdog podcast I ever did. <clears throat> and we rented this RV. I've never rented an RV before. I've never rented one after, just so you know where I'm going with this. But it was a luxury RV. It was like Mac daddied out, like just straight pimped out. And it shows up. And we're all excited. And look, we've flown first class and all the cool shit. But we're like, we're going to rent this RV. We're going to drive it to Detroit for this football game that we were going to 11 years ago and as a family and we're going to get there and we're going to it'll be cool like we've never stayed in an rv we'll do it as a family we'll stay in an rv park we've never done it we usually stay in hotels with room service it'll be great like i can handle this this will be fun blah 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 and i don't even like camping like i like fucking room service i like four seasons i don't do camping but you know what i was like i got this let's do this family wants to do it we're going to rent this rv it's cool rv shows up we're supposed to leave that afternoon and the the RV has ants all in it. Like my wife goes in there, there's ants everywhere. We're like, what the hell? And this was a luxury, super expensive RV, like a year old. It just came from a different football player who rented it for a week. They were talking about the football player that had it. And literally it has freaking ants. And my wife's like, we can't get in this with ants. So we're like arguing, trying to figure out, I'm like, dude, we just spent all this money in the RV. So we're calling them. They're freaking out. They're like, we'll bring you another one. I'm like, well, we can't leave tonight. So we plan on leaving in the morning the next day. Remember the game is like in like 48 hours or 36 hours from them. I'm like, okay, we're pushing it, but that's fine. So they bring us a different RV. It shows up early in the morning. We get the other RV and we're trying to load up to go. We're like, all right, let's load up all stuff to go. And we go to get ready to go. And now the air doesn't work. 
We're like, the air's not working. So they come and they work on it for like two hours and they're like, the air works. So then we get back in it and the air doesn't work again. And my wife's freaking out. The door won't close in the back. Like, it's just a shit show. Here we are spending, it's $10,000 plus probably in a fucking RV for a week. And it doesn't do, it's not working. The air is not, it's a shit show. And this was in 2011 or 12. So I'm like, look, we got to figure it out. We got to go. Fine, we're going to go. So we load in, we put all these snacks in there, and I'm like, let's go. And I've never driven one before. I used to drive limos back in the day. For those that don't know, I used to be a limo driver too. But here I am driving this RV, and it's like floating. It's like driving a big limo, right? And I'm like, we literally get, we lived in Mooresville. We literally get three exits up to exit 36 to go to a Wendy's. And, uh, or, sorry, to go to Walmart first. So we get off the exit, and we're like, let's go to Walmart and load up the free vehicle with like food and snacks. We ain't got to stop the whole way. We're like, all right, cool. So we go into Walmart, we spend an hour shopping, three, $400 later, baskets full of shit, blankets, pillows, you know, board games, you name it, right? Loading up the RV, ready to rock and roll. Super excited, like we got this shit, let's go. Long story short, we load up the thing, I'm super excited, I'm like, all right, you guys got like SpaghettiOs back there, raviolis, like make your shit, we're good to go, let's hide out. I hear one of my kids say, dad, I'm hungry. I think it's Hannah. Like, what the hungry? Yeah, let's go to Wendy's. Wendy's right there. I don't want to go to fucking Wendy's. We just spent like $400 at fucking Walmart. We don't need to go to Wendy's. No, we need to go to Wendy's. We don't need to go to Wendy's. We just spent like $400 at Walmart. We don't need to go anywhere. Let, eat the food I just bought. So we're arguing. So my wife's like, just go through fucking Wendy's drive through I'm like, all right. So I take this, <clears throat> this big ass RV, right? I mean, fucking huge RV. Take a drink. And I take this RV and I go into the, go into the drive through and I go around the sign. And I hear click, click. I was like, did you hear that? I'm like, I ain't hear shit. I thought I did. Maybe it did. didn't matter. And I pull around to the parking lot and I park. And I get out, you know, and I'm like a peacock. Chest all bumped out. I'm like, right, get fucking Wendy's. Get ready to hit the road. Super excited. So me and my daughter, London, walk in. And maybe Hannah was with us too. And we're going to get Wendy's. And we walk in. And immediately, guy's like, hey, is that your rig out there? I'm like, hell yeah. You like that? He's like, yeah. And he hands me like bars. He's like, you just broke down our sign. I was like, broke down our sign. He's like, yeah, you knocked it off the building. I said, are you kidding me? He's like, yeah. I look out and the RV's all jacked up. Like the thing is broken at the top and the bars are missing. I'm like, what the shit? He's like, yeah, when you went around, you just took out the whole sign. I'm like, oh my God. So here I am 45 minutes giving him insurance information and I'm freaking out and I'm calling my cousin and he works on shit in Michigan. I'm like, can you fix this? This is a problem. He's like, yeah, I'm taking pictures. Like we get the Wendy's. I'm freaked out. It's the most expensive Wendy's I ever had. And we, I get back into the thing and it's like, what's going on? I'm like, dude, we fucking took the sign. She's like, are you kidding me? So she gets out. She goes, oh my gosh. And I'm like, dude, how the hell do we do this? Like, we shouldn't have fucking went to Wendy's. We should have stayed at Walmart. Like, what are we doing? I'm all frustrated. Well, we now I got this broken RV that we took out the side thing of it with a couple of the bars are off where it opens up in the awning. And we took out the damn sign at Wendy's. Now, needless to say, true story. Less than a year later, Wendy's gets a whole brand new fucking Wendy's. I'm you, Everyone in Mooresville, you're welcome. That was probably my fault because we took out the sign. It fucked up the building. And guess what? They upgraded the Wendy's. They got a bomb-ass Wendy's over there at exit 36 in Mooresville, courtesy of yourself, of, of, of yours truly, from taking out the Wendy's with the RV. <clears throat> but... I'm like, all right, now I'm pissed. And I'm like, dude, now we fucked up the fucking RV. We have fucked up the Wendy's. The RV air doesn't still work. We had ants the night before in a different RV. Like, this, can this get any worse? Like, let's fucking roll. Let's get this trip on the road. So we get on the, on the interstate, and I'm floating around. 
and all of a sudden it starts raining. And I don't mean normal raining. I mean slap your mama twice, sideways, punch a cat in the face, fucking rain. Just boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, holy shit. And it's pouring. I got the windshield wipers on. I'm driving slow and I'm getting made fun of. You're like, Mr. Magoo. I'm like, it's fine. And I'm rolling through. And all of a sudden, both windshield wipers go, and fly off. And now I can't see shit. And my wife starts laughing and crying at the same time, laughing and crying at the same time that now not only we fuck up the RV at the Wendy's and fuck up the Wendy's and it had the AC problem. Now it's got no windshield wipers that just went flying off in the rain. And we're only seven miles from the house. So I get off the exit. She said, what are you doing? I said, we're going the fuck home. We're flying first class to Detroit. We're staying in a hotel. i never want to see an RV for the rest of my life story doesn't end there. So we <clears throat> go home. She's like tearful and laughing at the same time. We call the place. We're like, fuck this. Da, 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 da. We got to work things out because we fucked it up, but the shit doesn't work. We figure out that stuff. I got to book a flight because the game's the next day. So I'm booking us flights first class as fast as I can for the next day, paying an arm and a leg for all of us to go. The next morning we get up and we're supposed to go. We get to the airport. My son is screaming bloody murder, just crying. My wife's freaking out. She hates planes. She's like, I don't know if I want to go. I'm like, honey, we spent all this money. The RV thing was a fucking fail. Like, we need to go. Like, quit tripping. Like, get over here. I know you got lots of nerves and you got anxiety. You're like, we got to toughen up. Like, we got to fucking go. So we're arguing back and forth. My son's just fucking screaming bloody murder. She's like, I don't need to go. This is a sign. I was like, we need to go. He calms down for a few minutes. We end up getting on the plane. We load in the plane. It's my wife and Christian over here. It's me and London here. And it's Hannah and McKenzie behind me. He starts screaming again. They're getting ready. Everyone's already loaded to close the door. My wife immediately stands up, says, I can't do this. Grabs Christian and says, let's go. And she walks off the plane as they're getting ready to close the door. I'm like, uh, okay, London, let's go. And I look back at Hannah and Kinsey and they go, we're not leaving. I'm like, what? I'm arguing with them. They close the doors. I'm like, oh, Shit. Your mom's going to kill me. Like, she just went out there with Christian. <clears throat> I think she's got my wallet. We're supposed to land in a car. Like, what are we supposed to do? They're like, I don't know, but we're not getting off the plane. I'm like, oh, my God. Liz is calling me. I'm like, Liz, we can't get off the plane. They won't open the door. Like, she's like, oh, my God. She's cussing me out. She's got Christian crying in the background. The girl's behind me like, we're not getting off the plane. I don't know what to tell her. Like, this is a shit show. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, I'm dead. I'm dead meat. This is bad news. So we take off. And I'm telling her, get on the next flight. Get on the next flight. Get on the next flight. So when we land, she's getting on the next flight. She's having problems because he's still screaming. And the stewardess and the and the co-pilot are telling her, if he doesn't stop screaming, you're going to have to get off the plane. She's like, well, he's not going to stop screaming. So thank God when they got ready to take off, he stopped screaming. I land. I can't get the rental car because I don't have my ID. So here we are trying to get a rental car. I finally get my assistant to send me a picture of the ID. Liz is in the plane with my stuff. We get a rental car after we took the... Um, people mover, which my wife was totally against because she thinks it was gross and germaphobe and the kids aren't allowed to be in there. And we get in the car and we circle for about two hours until she lands. We get her and we enjoy our trip in Detroit. I tell you that because listen, that's the kind of chaos and bullshit that my family has to go through every time we book a trip. That's just two Detroit trips I told you about. I could sit here all day till next Thursday and tell you about trips to Disneyland with crazy chaos. And I'm not saying other people don't have this chaos, but if shit can happen, if craziness can happen, if chaos can happen, if the fucking one in a million bullshit can happen, it happens to the Wallers all the time. It's just how we live. It's what we've got to tolerate. It's what we deal with. And it becomes the norm. And people are like, how in the fuck does this shit happen to you? We don't know. 
We don't understand how this kind of stuff happens. But needless to say, these are the kind of things that always seem to come up when we go on vacation. The craziest of the craziest shit happens when we go on trips. I just told you about this weekend with my son's chaotic, less than 12 hours of being in the ER projectile vomiting. He's sitting with me front row at the Monday Night Football game. The RV story my daughter wrote about in school and they didn't believe her. They had to like call us, her teachers. You know, this is eight, 10 years ago. Called us like, this really happened. Yeah, yes, it happened. And it's just crazy. Like I'll never get an RV again. They got a new Wendy's because of it. You know, we had to spend way too much money on an RV and then flight. Uh, my wife misses the flight. Like, dude, I'm telling you, like if shit can go crazy, it goes crazy. I could, I could do this all day. I mean, there was a time we had the Bahamas book tripped and my wife will probably get mad about me talking about this, but she had so much anxiety back in the day of flying, like so much that we had a trip planned for months. We spent a lot of money. It's like first class, go to Bahamas, do all the ship. Kids are all jacked to go. The day we're supposed to leave, we can't find the passports. We're looking for them for hours. We're freaking out. We're bumping our flight back, bumping our flight back, bumping our flight back, looking at it for hours. She's like, I don't know what to tell you. We can't find it. We looked everywhere. The next day, like we push it a day, like, and you're paying all these fees to move it. Finally, later the next day, she tells me the truth. And we didn't tell the kids for two weeks because they would have disowned her. She buried and hid the damn passports because she was so nervous to fly out. She sabotaged our trip as a family because she was so nervous to fly out. This is the kind of chaos and craziness you'll see in our show in the Bam Fam reality TV show. It comes out on Amazon. We now pushed the release date to January 5th. So we're super excited about that. We're going to do a whole launch viewing party in uh, Delray Beach, Florida. We've got some celebrity guests coming. It's going to be dope. We'll have a virtual one. It'll be great. But this is the kind of shit that happens. This is the kind of chaos and reality shit that happens in our family all the time. Each person in my family is so dynamic, chaotic, crazy, bipolar as shit, personality disorder. You got it. Like each one of us has our own shit. You've seen my podcast. You're watching me now. I can be talking about the conflict in Israel and Palestine and arguing that I agree with Israel and people agree with Palestine. We're going back forth to turn around talking about fucking aliens having sex through their hands. Like that's the kind of shit that runs around in our family. And that's like legit. Like that's, that's how our family is. And for those that know us, they understand that's what goes on all the time. It's crazy. The kind of things that happen. And so I'm super excited for people to get an inside peek of some of that craziness and the chaos. Like we were in, we were in Turks and all kinds of crazy shit was happening. Like you don't, can't make this shit up. Like for some reason, shit just happens to us all the time. And a lot of it is self-inflicted. A lot of it is just self-created and not on purpose subconsciously. Like my wife and her anxiety has created all kinds of crazy shit in our trips. Hannah and her anxiety going to movie theaters. It's called chaos in our trips. You know, Kinsey, everyone has their shit that it really Christian, like London, everyone has their shit that has affected the trips that we've taken. And each trip is so unique, but you know what? I wouldn't change that because I'm a big believer in moments and memories. And that's what matter. You take those moments, you take those memories, and that's what counts. Good, bad, or ugly. You want to create moments and memories with your family that they can always cherish and have. Because what happens is, is you don't want to be irrelevant. You don't want to be not present. And I had my daughter busting my balls yesterday at her house. She's having a Halloween get together, boobash. 
And like we're sitting there and she got her girlfriend there and the kids are there and talking. And then the kids go trick or treat and I'm just sitting there and she's there with her girlfriend. I'm fucking bored. So I'm on the phone and I'm seeing these horrible videos, horrible videos of what's going on with the Palestine families, which prayers go out to them. Like, oh my gosh, I was in tears. I was sick to my stomach. I was crying. Like, this is horrible what these people are going through. And Hamas started and Israel's doing like, this is just a nightmare that these innocent people in Palestine have to go through this. And I'm like tearing up. My daughter's like, you got to relax. You gotta, I'm like, I just, I can't. She's like, be present. It's hard. And so that was a moment there that I wish I was more present, right? Later on during the night, I was I got more present. I put it away, hanging out with my grandkids, you know, eating cupcakes, you know, eating chick. She had Chick Fil A there, like always, and you know, dealing with eating candy and doing all the things, right? But we all have to be more present in life, right? You want to have these memories, and we can laugh about them. And me and my like living them. We we're like, dude, that was the worst trip ever. We went to trip. Now we look at it, and we're like, that was the best because it was the funniest trip ever. We can talk about it. We can laugh about it. You know, uh, the trip not going to the Bahamas back then. Like we we're all so spiteful and angry with Liz that she sabotaged the trip. We look back at it, we laugh like that's just who she is. I mean, she was supposed to go to the World Series of Poker with me the first time I went, and she brings me to the airport. She's like, I can't make it. Literally drives me to the airport and then tells me I can't go. So I end up going to Vegas and doing the World Series of Poker on my own for four days, right? Like, this is the kind of dynamic that's at our house. And I'm not just blaming Liz. Like, we all have our own shit that contributes to that. But moments and memories matter, okay? Moments and memories are key that you are relevant, you are you are um, present with your family and your kids. And we all can work on it. Like I told you, I started this show talking about Christian and I got to have more empathy and sympathy. And it's really hard. Like, it's hard because, like, I grew up with my dad who, if I complained or bitched or whined or had any issues, it was shake it off. I don't give a shit. If you're not bleeding and you're not dying, you're fucking going. And that's always been my mentality. Like, I don't, if people I've worked for, companies I've worked at and running my business, I don't have sick days. You don't see Jason called out because he's sick. Like, I had fucking COVID and I'm working. I come in all kind like, I don't give a shit. I'm working. I'm just not built that way. Now, I'm not knocking all of you that have sick days. I'm just not built that way. I The job has to get done. I am here to fucking conquer and win and fucking do what I got to do in life. I'm not going to sit around and sleep my life away or fucking be sick and let that control my life. I just can't do it. But some people are different. Some people are lazy. Some people don't have that drive. Some people are comfortable just being normal. Some people are comfortable just doing enough. I'm not that way. That doesn't make me better than you. It makes me fucking different. It makes me hungry. It makes me want to fucking do things. But with that, with the attributes of that, I lack other things. I lack empathy. I lack sympathy. Where a lot of you have a lot more em empathy and sympathy for people, I don't. So where I might be an asshole and I wear it on my shoulder, I'm going to outwork everybody and out fucking grind everybody and never call in sick and be the best I can fucking be. But guess what? My sacrifice, because every win, everything that you get in life comes with a sacrifice. My sacrifice kicks in of, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm an asshole. I don't have empathy and sympathy because it's just go, 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 go for me. And it's been hard because I've had more time at home than I've ever had. You know, we're building a couple new businesses. I'm doing some coaching. The, the show took a lot of our time filming. And then I do this podcast and it's like, I get more hours at home and it's different. I'm getting a lot more time, my son coaching and stuff where I'm trying to appreciate those moments and tried to have more empathy and sympathy. And I think ultimately I have had some, but you know, I'm a big believer of it's a band, right? So if I'm way over here on success and hunger and my empathy, sympathy is here, when I do this, it goes down. At least that's my belief because it's hard to have both. And people that tell you, oh, I can have both all the time. They're full of shit. And when people say that they can live this life work balance, they're full of shit. There's no such thing as that. That's not how this works. 
The harder you work, the more successful you'll be, but the less you have with your family. That's why I key in on moments and memories matter. Make those moments with your family impactful, crazy, memorable, do something out of the norm, go somewhere special, fucking play cards with them, play video games with them, play VR with them, throw the ball with them. Don't just fucking sit there and watch TV with them. Like you got to make things memorable because if, or don't grind, don't grind and live normal. That's okay. And be the best parent you can be. But to me, there's a big problem. And Ed Milet talks about it. You know, people abuse their kids, beating them or verbally abuse them, but you can also abuse them by shortchanging yourself of success. If you literally are saying, this is all I am worth, my self-worth is here and this is all I can go to and you're limiting your self-worth and you're limiting your potential and you're limiting your income and you're limiting your where you want to be in life, that's fucking abuse that your kids are seeing because they're like, oh, mom says that this is okay and that's it. Dad says it's fine to just do this and that's it. That's wrong. And now you're setting up and you're putting that into your kids' heart, soul, and mind to where they want to be in life. And to me, I think that's also fucking child abuse because you're telling your kids it's okay to just be normal and not succeed. It's okay to accept failure. It's okay to just be average and not go for your dreams and, and just work hard and never pursue your dreams. And that's wrong too. And a lot of you do that. And you're like, well, I stay home with my kids and I don't worry all the time. I see my kids. Yeah, but what are you t- teaching your kids? Do you want them to do the same shit you're doing, working a nine to five, fucking coming home, propping your feet up, scratching your fat belly, fucking, you know, hanging out. Like, what do you want to do in life? I know what I want to do in life. I want to fucking, I want to fucking make an impact in this world. I want to fucking make a dent in the universe. I want to be able to help people, empower people, elevate people and create a product or service and a business where I can employ people. People can have jobs. I can better their families. When Hater came to town, dude, I love Hater, by the way. So Hater, shout out to you. When Hater came to town, he said one of the nicest things anybody's ever said to me. And this was after our heated debate about Palestine and Israel. I mean, it got heated. Like I love Hater, but I thought I was going to have to smash Hater's fucking head through the wall. You know, it was the time he was running his mouth. I'm like, all right, let's talk about aliens and fucking camels, okay? But I will tell you, Hater called me after we met, and he said, I just want you to know, Jason, that you've impacted so many lives. When you took a chance on me in 2011, and you, it's two, end of 2010, begin 2011, invested in a call center of me in Pakistan, 600 people got a job, you've impacted their families, you gave me a chance, I used to just be normal, now I do really well, I have my own call center, my own money, I do this. And me and him parted ways as partners years ago. But I invested in him, put some money into that call center and he exploded and created and we trusted him and he built a call center for us when we were in the home security business out of Pakistan. And he's like, you don't understand as mean as some of those people are in the U S and all the, the fake news where people are judging you and doing that you've impacted not only my life, but 600 people's families' lives who've impacted their other families' lives because you took a chance on, on, you know, a normal guy here in Pakistan to do a call center and you've impacted hundreds, if not thousands of lives. And he's like, you need to know that, like how you are and how good you are and how you believe in people and how you create jobs. That is a good thing. And so it, it, it felt good because it was unexpected and it came from him um, from a place of, of love and caring. And he said, you know, he just went to Moss and, and, you know, he's here and he went to his mother and he's like, I felt like I needed to tell you that. And it was like perfect timing because we get in these ruts where we feel sometimes useless, where we feel like, am I really making an impact? And you know, when the world is hating on you and the people are hating on you and they're judging you and it's, and you're struggling and you feel like you do all this. Like I have friends out there, at least I thought were my friends that I was so close with. And when all this went down because they weren't getting paid, there were vendors that ended up being friends because we closed, they all of a sudden weren't around anymore. They were using me and they, some of them know who they are 
Like I struggle for them to talk to me and be my friend. And it's like, it hurts my feelings. Yes, I'm a badass. I'm ready to fucking go. Let's go unleashed. I'm ready to fucking conquer it. Let's go. But guys, I have feelings. I'm human. I get sad. I get depressed. I'm a person just like you. I have a family just like you. My kids' feelings hurt just like yours do. So when I think I have friends that are there for me, that believe in me, that I've always thought were my friends and then things happen, guess what? And now they're not there. It hurts your feelings. And I'm not prideful. I'm not so prideful that I can't say I had hurt feelings. I mean, look, I feel like I'm a a tough SOB, but my feelings get hurt. And there are people that worked for me that I, I considered and or were vendors that work for me, my friends that turned their back on me when things, when it wasn't benefiting them. And they're just like, eh, well, whatever. And I just think that's wrong. And I tell my kids, like, never be that way. When you need to do things for people when they don't expect things. You should be able to do more for people and they not expect it. Because that's a friend. Where you go out of your way to be there for them when they need you the most. And really you see who your friends are when things are hard. You know, we lost that company and we had to lay off 2,400 people. Of course, people are mad. We, there's nothing, like, there's nothing I could have done to save that company. Nothing. Everyone could say, with oh, nothing. There's nothing I could have done. Generac ruined that company. That's a fact. That is a thousand percent fact. Of course, our company wasn't perfect. We had issues of this and this and this, but all of the issues were manageable as we grew every month, every year, and continued to you know, be a grow, growing, flourishing, wonderful company. But a product liability issue that affected 10,000 plus customers like this and up to 20,000 in the next several months crushed us. We lost hundreds of millions of dollars and had to close. There's nothing I could have done to prevent that. There's nothing. Of course, I could have done other things a little better, right? Every company has their own little issues they could get better at. I couldn't stop the company closing. It's like going to the doctor and everything's okay. And doctor's like, oh, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine every day. And then all of a sudden he tells you, oh, you're stage four cancer and you're gonna die in two weeks. That's what happened to our business. And when that happened, we left vendors that didn't get paid. Employees got paid, thank God. Kevin and myself gave, and Steve gave over four and a half million dollars to cover the final payroll. They got paid. We gave from our own and took from our own family to make sure employees got paid, even though we were advised not to. Attorneys were like, you don't have to. I'm like, dude, that's the wrong thing to do. You got to pay your people. Like I have a rule. When you run a business, you pay your people first, your vendor second, the company third. You get paid dead last, right? Well, paid the, paid the people and paid the vendors we could, right? But, but had to pay the people. Those are your employees. But still, people hate and when they do that and they turn you back and I've got, you know, I've got a friend out in Michigan that I thought was a dear friend of mine that we'd done a lot of things together that he's not getting paid. His company's not making money. He ghosts me. I don't understand it, dude. It's wrong and it's hurtful. And, you know, he was there when all this first happened, like helping pick up the pieces. But then when he starts to see me successful, he's bothered because the company closed and needed, you know, his company didn't get paid all the money they were supposed to. I'm sorry for that. What can I do about that? There's not a lot I can do. I did everything I could do to make sure that company stayed open. Everything, I gave it my soul. And it just exploded. And it hurts. But am I supposed to lay there and just cry and never work again and never build nothing again? To me, that would be child abuse. To me, that would tell my kids, you know what? When the world kicks your ass, when things outside of your control defeat you because you're going to have losses, you just got to quit. You just got to check in your book and just go get a nine to five and call it a day. Bump that shit. Fuck that shit. I told my kids, I'm not done. I'm not done. 
The comeback's always better than the setback. I'm just getting started. I'm here, and I'm going to show you kids what it's like when you crash, how you pick up the pieces and you move along. And then all of a sudden things are happening, right? You got coaching going. You got these other two businesses flourishing. You got a reality TV show. You got a brand new podcast crushing it. Like things just start to happen. Why? Because you put in the work. You believe in yourself. You have confidence. You love yourself. And you go out there and you just share the truth. And you just keep going. And that's what the Unleashed podcast is about. And that's what my brand and I'm about. And that's what you'll see in the BAM fam. You'll see pieces of that in the reality TV show of what it's like running a company. What it's like building a company. What about the drama in a company? What about the f bomb? and the arguments because look, I'm a hard son of a bitch to work for. Out of the thousands that have ever worked for me, they'll be like, dude, here's Jason, completely fucking honest, says how he feels and can be a dick. He holds everybody accountable, takes no fucking shit. That's just how I roll. But that doesn't mean that I don't love and care about the success of people in their family. I do. But I'm just a hard nose fucking data doesn't lie. Results don't lie. You're your number. Let's go. And that's where I'm talking about empathy and sympathy. And that's where this horrible thing that's happened in life is teaching me. God is teaching me how to learn empathy and sympathy. He's given me the time to say, hey, Jason, you have got to learn to do that. And look, I'm still I literally I didn't have it Sunday night, Monday morning. Just so you know, it's motherfucking Wednesday. So I still fail sometimes. But if I did this, if, if, if three months ago, this happened 100 times, I would fail 94 times. And now, if this happened 100 times, I'd fail 80 times. So I'm getting better. I know that. My family knows that. They say, you know what? There's some things you are giving. You're still a dick sometimes. You still don't have empathy sometimes. But you know what? You're getting better at certain things. And that's important. So I say this to you as I wrap this up. Progress is key. It's not about getting the end result. It's not about getting the win. It's about progress. You have to enjoy and put yourself into the mode of I need progress because lots of progress finally equals winning and conquering, but you've got to get there and you have to take the steps. And that is progress. My friend, that is getting better every day. You can't, I talk about it. You can't lose a hundred pounds in one day. You got to lose one pound to get to a hundred pounds. You can't climb a thousand stairs. You got to climb the first stair and the second stair and all the way up. That is progress. And you have to be in the moment. You have to be relevant, but you have to pay attention to your progress because it is easy to quit. It is easy to get discouraged. It is easy to walk away from your dream. Don't do it. Stay focused. Stay positive. Pay attention to the progress. Stay the line. Stay true to who you are and continue to go out and crush it. Bam!